What's up, weebs, and welcome back to Anime Lane, the podcast where we take you down the yellow brick road of anime and have a look at everything it has to offer. I'm your host, Realm Notorious, and today I'm actually on my own. Uh, I'm experimenting and seeing if I can solo this, uh, mainly because in the other episodes, you've probably noticed that we kind of pick a couple of things and we focus primarily on them. Uh... And there's no real talk about much outside of that. Um, maybe other than when I have like a comparison that I make or I have some context or history to give the series that uh, that we're that we're tackling in that episode. Um, but other than that, we don't really talk about anime at large. Um, mainly because you know, for Sean and Melina, that's not really their interest, and for me and Kelsey, we just choose to focus on what we're talking about. Um, so I thought. I wanted to try something on my own where I just spoke about anime. Um, not necessarily a specific one, just tackling anime. <laughs> Which seems fairly obvious. This is anime lane and everything. Um, so yeah, to start off, so I have my I have a cup of coffee and uh, some some liquids for my throat. So if you hear me sipping and in, in between sentences and stuff like that is just i'm hydrating uh most of that gets ignored when you have two other people or one other person talking alongside you and you have an opportunity to take a drink so i'm just gonna take a quick drink um so yeah what's what have i been watching what's been going on in the anime uh industry stuff like that. Well, Anime Matsuri was over the weekend, and I don't really know if I want to talk about this, uh, but I have saw too, too much about it to kind of not at least acknowledge um, that it existed. So qu- let me quickly pull up a bookmark thread on my Twitter here um, to kind of look at what happened over over the uh, last uh so for context anime mastery takes place from thursday to, to, to sunday um over like the end of the, the july weekend and as i'm recording this this is like the third of august um so it's literally just like freshly happened over the past weekend uh so <laughs> yeah let's just kind of tackle this this thread as it comes so anime mastery's not got the best reputation from amongst most of the anime conventions, um, and especially not this year, because it's, uh, attracted some questionable people, and the, it's, it's mismanaged at the best of times as is, anyway. Uh, so one of the primary guests was Vic, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, McNogna, who was a very popular um, uh, English uh, voice actor within the anime industry, known primarily for voicing people like Edward Kelwick and Fullmetal Alchemist, amongst a bunch of other ones. He was in Free, he was in Orin High School Host Club, he, uh, he was Broly in Dragon Ball Z, uh, the Broly movies and Dragon Ball Super Broly. Uh, but after the premiere of Dragon Ball Super Broly, there was a bunch of allegations and accusations from people he's worked with, from people who met him at conventions, and these date back to way, way back um, to the beginning of his career and like the, the the end of the 80s, beginning of the 90s. Now, he didn't really become uh, within anime until, I think, probably the, the, the 90s. Um, I, I don't really want to go check. I know he was in Street Fighter 2-5, but I don't know when that was dubbed. Um, and Because I, I don't really want to focus too much on this guy. But yeah, he was one of the main guests, one of the big guests. Um, excuse me, I don't want to burp into the microphone. Uh, and yeah, you know, I know it's accusations, but there was a defamation suit that he brought towards Funimation and specifically to two voice actors, Monica Ryle and Jamie Marchi, who worked, is it Marichi? I'm sorry, I, I may have messed up her last name there. Um, and basically what happened was there were there were 12 counts 
are, I believe, brought. And at seven of them, the judge decided within the defendant's favour, i.e. Funimation uh, and Monica Ryle and, and Jamie. Uh, so, you know, and then the, the other ones were withdrawn. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't paint him in the best light. He's someone that the industry has pretty much forgotten about since 2019 because in the past few years he hasn't had no credits whatsoever to his name between um, anime, animation, live action, which he also did, and video games. So, you know, there's that. Uh, The CEO was one of their own guests, apparently, um, who, who runs the convention. Uh, there was also heavily right-wing YouTubers who accosted female uh, cosplay attendees um, to the point that one of them didn't want to come back for the final day uh, until other booth attendees, like people who were who were running booths at the convention, um, offered to be her bodyguards. So, you know, that's not fantastic. Uh... And there was also uh, a K-pop concert from Suitcatcher. No, Dreamcatcher, sorry. Um, Suitcatcher was like just one of the tweet things here. Um, Dreamcatcher, uh, who was meant to have, I think, an hour and a half set or a two-hour set, and it was like 40 minutes. There was meant to be uh, like a photo opportunity with like individuals from, from the group, and uh, that got cancelled and moved to like a group photo. And and to to apologise, there was meant to be gifts given to fans, and, and that didn't happen. Though apparently the gifts are getting sent to them after the event, um. So that one, I'm not 100 percent sure what will be happening if that'll go on. So it's just a bit of a shit show, really. Uh, this is also around the same time that Otacon was going on, and that was a far better convention from what I've seen. Uh, mainly just from like the announcements and stuff that have come out from it. Uh, Discotech had a big panel there and they announced a bunch of stuff that I might go over in a bit. Uh, so yeah, Anime Matsuri, Total Trainwreck, I don't know how it's still going since it's kind of had a bad reputation for a while, but I don't want to spend too much time talking about that. So instead, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to move on to like, what have I been watching recently? Um, Just kind of peek behind you know, what I do in my spare time, because anime is one of my main things. Um, so ignoring stuff we've watched for Anime Lane, like Mobile Suit Gundam, the movie, because I've seen the TV series, so on my list, which you can go and check, myanimalist.net forward slash anime list, all one word, forward slash rebel under dash notorious, you can see all the stuff I've been watching and stuff like that, um, and so I've just got it arranged by finish date, um, and I'll, I'll go over, like, stuff that isn't finished in a bit. So, because I've seen the series but I haven't seen the movies, the, the, the movies are separate entries, so Mobile Suit Gundam 1 is, like, right at the top there. Uh, and Bell's, like, a little bit further down, so I'm going to ignore stuff that I've watched directly for the show in the past because, you know, we've discussed them on the show in the past. Uh, so what was after that? Um, I watched Konosuba, um, a, a very popular series... Uh, adapted from a light novel that originally aired and let me just check 2016 um and it was it was immensely popular there's there's a lot of memes around it and and it's still within you know the anime community i guess brought up um and i i had mild interest in it because of its popularity i guess uh and when it was on sale in the last I guess anime limited sale, um, alltheanime.com, they run sales every now and then. It was in like a, 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 a buy one get one free I believe with the first and second season. Um, and so I've only watched the first season because uh, I got them for like both together for like £10. Because um, they were already, dis- so they were discounted and then they were two for one, buy one get one free. Uh, I, I believe anyway, I'd, I'd have to go through my order list and check but I don't really want to do that right now um so yeah i watched it over the course of about three days um and yeah it was it was fine i gave it a six out of ten uh i i I don't really have too much to say about it like the animation's fine it's nothing special um and a lot of the humor doesn't 
land with me particularly. Uh, I can see why some other people would find it funny. It's maybe just not for me. Um, so it was an first two seasons were animated by Studio Dean along with the movie, and now I think it's moving to JC staff for its third season, which I'm not sure when that's airing. I'm gonna have to watch season two at some point first. So it's season one over, season two over. Sorry, OVA. I pronounce it as like a word. OVA is over. Um, and yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it was alright. Um, I'm not against watching the second season. Um, will I ever watch it again? Uh, probably not. Not unless I'm showing it to someone else. Um, and I, I don't know if it's something we'd ever tackle in depth on the show. Um, it's not something that I think fits. Because I feel like there's a divide between myself and uh sorry that's this weird framing of it there's like a divide between uh stuff that i tackle with kelsey and stuff that i tackle with sean and melina like there's a clear distinction mainly because obviously i know how our friendships work um as to you know what we would watch together and what we would discuss and i think what i know people are more likely to enjoy and like i'm not opposed to tackling stuff we dislike because you know you have to watch things you don't like to more appreciate things that you do and it helps you kind of build a better understanding of media in general if you can watch something you don't like and figure out why you don't like it and it, it, it will then later help you with either things that you also dislike later down the line or, or, or things that you do like um it will improve your media literacy that was the term i was going for um but yeah i don't think konosuba really fits a either um kind of combination of people for the podcast um so yeah like i said some of the comedy is good but a lot of it doesn't land with me particularly uh i don't really like many of the characters and like i understand that most of the characters are designed to be not very good people and like i'm not against like bad characters being on the bad side being enjoyable to watch um like one of my favorite characters is Shar, and he's not a particularly great person uh Shar from mobile suit gundam sorry um he has like a whole character arc where he goes from antagonist protagonist to antagonist again um and it's a it's a, it's a uh an very a very enjoyable watch but most of these characters not great aqua is very annoying um everyone kind of has one joke and i'd say that Aqua's one gets the most annoying. Darkness, I do kind of find her one joke funny. So Aqua's is that she is a fucking idiot. Uh, Darkness's is that she is a masochist. Um, and uh, what's uh, what's Mega Means? Oh, she blows stuff up. And she can't move after she does that. Um, yeah, Mega Means is kind of funny. Occasionally, it's her one's all about timing, and so is Darkness's. Whereas Aqua is like constantly stupid, so I think that's why I dislike Aqua. Um, the, the one joke I did really enjoy, again, because it had great timing. Um, and I, I, from what I've been told by other people I've spoken to about the series is that this this isn't like from the novels and this isn't like scripted. It was like just the, the Japanese VA for uh, Kazuma kind of throwing this in. It's whenever someone was, another character was like speaking to him, they, they have, like, a habit of, of saying his name multiple times. And, like, any time they would address him and say his name, he'd be like, yeah, yes, I'm Kazuma. <laughs> it sounds stupid out of context. But if you watch it in the show, it's, like, incredibly well-timed. As to they, these characters are just speaking under, underneath them. You can just hear, hi, Kazuma, this. And it's, it's oh, I, I don't know why I found it funny. I think because it keeps coming up when you least expect it. Um, so yeah, that's that's Konosuba. It's fine. Uh, sorry, I, I don't get the hype, really. Um, I can kind of see why other people would like it. I think I maybe wanted a little bit more out of it. Mainly, like I know it's a, it's a comedy, Isekai. Um, but I would have liked a little bit more focus on a story arc within that. Um, because it's not like slice of life Isekai either. 
Uh, so yeah, it's it's a bit of an odd one where I think it's it's towing the line between a genre, two genres, where I think it needed like a third to make it kind of tie together. Um, if if it wanted to go for what it was currently going for, or if it if you know to tie the two genres together, it needed more of a a, a clear narrative to follow. Um, so yeah. Konosuba. Uh, Dan Machi is back. Um, that is, is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? Uh, that's back for its fourth season. This one's, yeah, I was, I was very excited for this one to come back. I, I really like Dan Machi and I've enjoyed what I've seen of season four so far, which is to say the recap <laughs> of season one through three um, and uh, the first two episodes. Um, probably by the time this is actually up since episodes released on a Friday of anime lane and that match episode released on a thursday the third episode will probably be up um but yeah no i'm i'm enjoying this i'm interested to see where this season goes they're going further down into the dungeon than they've ever been before um which is actually a nice change of pace since uh season two and three kind of didn't deal with the dungeon too much um it is it is featured a little bit more in season three uh but it's not like a primary focus and they're kind of going in and out of the dungeon more so than they are exploring the dungeon. Um, kind of trying to go over it, I think, a little bit without too many spoilers. Uh, but yeah, is it is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon, otherwise known as Dan Machi? Uh, yeah, very good kind of fantasy show. Um, this was one of my first ever seasonal pickups and I picked it way back up in 2014 when the first season was airing. And I watched it like week to week would sit there because this is back in the time where like Crunchyroll would put the page up before the episode launched and you'd sit there with like a countdown, um, counting down how long it had left until the episode premiered. And so I remember sitting there so many days or like a, like an hour or something just waiting for it to to tick down with like while well, I did other things and then I'd watch it as soon as the episode went up in the service. Uh, like right away. And then it disappeared for a couple of years um, and didn't come back until I think, was it 20? 2018 I think because I think 20, I think season two was 2018 season three was 2019 no that doesn't feel right hold on I'll double check this I'm gonna double check this while I'm talking um because yeah it did disappear for a while I know that it was like 2014 and then like a couple of years went by wow that was longer than I thought so the first season aired in 2014 to I think 2015. Um, again, I'll just I'll quickly double check that. Uh, yeah, no, it, oh, okay, so season one was purely 2015. Um, I thought it started in 2014, but that's neither here nor there. So it first started in 2014, uh, 2015, sorry. Um, and then season two didn't hear until 2019, I feel, four years later. That's insane. I knew it was a long wait. I didn't realise it was that long, because that then beats out Attack and Titan, I think. Um, because I believe Attack and Titan, if I quickly check, season one aired in 2012, um, or 2013, and then I think it was only like a three-year wait for season two of Attack and Titan. Um, I should probably go to TV series rather than the main Wikipedia. Sorry, I'm using my anime list for some of this, and then just Wikipedia for the rest of it. I'm not consistent whatsoever. Um, so, original, so yeah, Attack on Titan Season 1 was 2013, and then, oh, Season 2 was 2017, so same, same length of time, one by. Okay, not as, not as, uh, not as bad as I thought it was. Uh, so yeah, Season, Season 2 didn't come out until 2019, and then Season 3, I think just followed it later in 2020, um, yeah, October to December 2020, and so we've kind of had a bit of a wait for Season season four but i think at that point we were waiting for like the light novels to kind of get a little bit ahead um and i think we'll probably have from what i've been told anyway from people who have read the books uh from one of the discord servers i'm in uh once this season finishes we'll like pretty much be caught up to where the the novels currently are and so we'll have to wait it's a bit like sword art online at the moment where we're kind of in limbo until uh for Sword Art Online until it actually finishes since it's in its final story arc in the novels um and Dan Machi I don't think it's in its final story arc uh but we'll definitely be at a point where we need to wait for at least that current story arc to finish before we probably get another adaption though they might wait until like the other 
the the story arc that, that follows after this is like halfway through since sometimes they like to do that to mean that their production finishes right around hopefully the time that the other story arc is kind of wrapping up and that way they can launch into pre-production for the next season at least that's how it looks outwardly to me i'm making i'm making educated guesses i would say educated is maybe not the right word um i'm making guesses usually as to like how this seems outside of the you know production room and how it seems to fan or to me as a fan watching this the upside is that i've i'm caught up with sword art online and so i'm just kind of waiting until i think it's uh i think it's september i could be wrong that the next volume's out volume 25 i think we're currently on i'll come to that in a second because i do have my manga list open as well which is a separate entry so yeah that's that's fun having having something that i'm actually like invested in back on for a seasonal show um i haven't picked up anything else yet i just haven't had time in between like kind of scheduling and stuff like that for the podcast to sit down and watch anything else mainly because when i did decide yeah i think i'm ready to pick up some some seasonal shows this season um we kind of kicked back up from our little break from the podcasts into planning and then going into recording so and then obviously work and real life stuff got in the way. So I haven't picked up anything else. Um, I am looking at Tokyo Mew Mew Mew. Um, which is hard to say actually out loud. Uh, I haven't seen original Tokyo Mew Mew. Um, mainly I don't think it's available anywhere currently. Um, I probably... I don't know if it was like... I know the first half of the se series was dubbed. Um, and then everything else afterwards. I, I, I know it at least got fan subbed. Um, whether it got officially released, I don't know. So I'd need to look into that if I wanted to watch the original. Um, but yeah, I'm interested in the new adaption. It's being well received by fans. Um, so yeah, it's it's not something I'd, I'd typically watch. So I think that's why I'm I'm kind of interested in it. There's a lot of stuff on High Dive this season, actually, um, which is where Damn Machi is. It used to be on Crunchyroll as well, um, but now because of the sony crunchyroll funimation merger into one massive company um high dives taking everything on a sorry sentai are taking everything onto their service high dive um so there's a lot more kind of high dive exclusives this season normally there would be like one or two at most and it wouldn't be like mega popular titles like dan machi or tokyo mew mew um it would be like maybe maybe like a hidden gem kind of the best way to describe it and then normally i'd kind of wait for that to come out in blu-ray uh just because like if I, if I was interested in it uh just because like high dive's not the the best service um a lot of I'll, this is the thing as much as i'm i have my thoughts on the whole crunchyroll thing and i understand why other companies are are, are kind of you know going more for exclusive onto their services uh which is to say high dive netflix is sort of there they're a whole other beast that i'd have to tackle in a different topic prime is totally amazon with their prime service has totally exited the anime game thankfully um disney's kind of trying to butt in again i have my thoughts on that i don't really want to discuss it here uh at, at, at the moment mainly because it's a whole it's, a, it's its whole thing uh star wars visions didn't set it up particularly fantastically as an anime platform uh since it's still missing like proper subtitles for the Japanese uh, audio, so you can only really watch that with like full subtitle for the deaf and hard of hearing, or or closed captions if you're American, uh, which means full sound effects, uh, reader names, and it's primarily based on the English dub since you know that's what it's targeted to be watched with. Um, so it's not the ideal one. Um, High dive doesn't have the best. High dive, high dive doesn't have like the best app or navigational experience anywhere um and their subtitles are are hit or miss um mainly in that like crunchyroll is fine in that they hard code uh, the subtitles on the video if you're watching them on pretty much any device so you're getting like a consistent experience um whereas high dive does render the subtitles separately which is fine but it doesn't look right on most, uh, or it doesn't look like right on my Fire Stick anyway. I can't seem to adjust the size of the subtitles, and like they're readable, but they're maybe a bit small at times. And so, if they're not, I have them set on yellow for readability, and I have nothing 
against that you know all the gundam stuff primarily is yellow subtitles so i don't have any issue with yellow subtitles but it's like it still blinds in which is still an issue on occasion i can usually read everything perfectly fine but yeah so yeah i'm i'm gonna have to look and see what's on high dive and see if there's anything else that catches my eye because i don't think anything from crunchyroll has particularly caught my interest this season normally i look at everything when the announcements are made um but nothing nothing's caught my eye this season so yeah back to what i've been watching i, I watched words bubble up like soda pop um i'm not going to talk about that for now uh i still think we are looking at tackling that on the show um Due to time, we couldn't talk about it in the Bell episode because that's where it was meant to appear. It was meant to be Bell and Words Bubble Pop, like Soda Pop. Um, but yeah, so I think I'm going to avoid that for now. I did really enjoy it, um, and I hope Kelsey enjoys it as well. Uh, so yeah, Words Bubble, like Soda Pop is a good movie. Uh, it's on Netflix if you want to watch it. And then I watched the Godzilla anime, not the Polygon Pictures movie trilogy, which I have seen, which I just want to forget exist. um, exists. Uh, I watched Singular Point, which is also on Netflix. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. It was, it was a nice take on Godzilla um, and kind of had a good balance of like the human characters and the kaiju. Um, I think what kind of made it work as a anime is that it does focus primarily on the human characters. And yeah, I like that it kind of keeps Godzilla in the back until like halfway through. And then it, it takes kind of influences from Shin Godzilla and how how it presents Godzilla. Um, it has like multiple forms and evolutions and stuff like that. Um, it does leave on like a kind of kind of cliffhanger for a second season, or there's like potential for a second season there, and I really hope that happens. But Singular Point came out like two years ago, so you know. With the amount of stuff that's come back, like, with four-year gaps, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but, mm, I don't know. I guess it depends on how well it performed, which, you know, with it being a Netflix thing outside of Japan, kind of leaves it with, uh, yeah. Actually, it may have been may have been a Netflix thing in Japan as well, but I don't know. I'd need to look into that. Uh, but, yeah. So, yeah, Godzilla Singular Point, animated by Studio Trigger. Very enjoyable. Um, I, I kind of talked about Shikimori's Not a Cutie, uh, in the, la in the Bell episode. Um, ah, Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex 2045, Season 2, which is an absolute mouthful. Um, yeah, I kind of enjoyed that. I enjoyed it more than the first season, um, I have to admit. I think because Season 1 does a lot of build-up, um, and then Season 2 is all the kind of story payoff. Uh, it does fall a little bit flat at the end. But overall, I did enjoy the journey of watching it. Um, I still have the same issues I had with season one, primarily, you know, the change in animation style from 2D to 3D uh, CG graphics um, and all the di kind of different character designs outside of like Battle, who does just look the same. And obviously the, the Tachikoma, who, yeah, they they are actually, the, they are the best well designed, the most well designed within the show because, well, they were already CG in the original standalone complex, um, but within 2045, they get more forms or like more attachments and stuff. So that's actually kind of interesting as they have like more kind of, um, I don't know how to describe it. They have like different loadouts for different situations. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, and in the process of watching season two, I watched the the recap movie or like the movie adaption of season one um and yeah that was actually much better i think than the first season like i at least enjoyed watching that um it's still not fantastic uh but it presented the story better than the first season did i think because the first season did try to add in episodes that were the more standalone nature which is where the standalone complex thing comes from um as in the original series there was like two different sets of episodes um across the first and second season um for the first season there were standalone episodes obviously and then i think there was complex episodes so standalone episodes were you know pretty obviously by their title standalone um and complex episodes dealt with the actual main story of uh that's for season one um I'm trying to find, like, the breakdown here. Uh, 
Yeah, so season one is uh, standalone and complex, um, and then the second season is individual, individual, and dual, um, which is interesting because I I do I do remember the second season having different structure, um, but I can't remember how it handles it. So I I'd, I'd need to watch um, season season two again to to fully go into that. But I know that because I've seen season one multiple times. Um, standalone complex are. are the standalone episodes are, are actually really good. Um, and I think it's like the first three episodes are standalone and then you get your like first complex episode. Um, and then you get like a few of them and it goes back to standalone and then complex. And then it's got like a nice kind of divide where it ebbs and flows between giving you the main story because it's like um, kind of how they would tackle cases and that, uh, you know, it's, it's not like the original movie where everything happens so quickly that it's like a, a massive kind of one story development obviously with the the, the uh the longer runtime of a tv series i think is the best way to put it um it's got like more room to to tell the story um and it is like a, a kind of larger scale story in, a, in that way uh and like, there's more kind of investigation and detective work put in, put in it. Um, but yeah, uh, season twenty forty five, the the sequel, I guess to to standalone complex, which it is, unfortunately. Um, the movie for season one was way more enjoyable than the the, the TV series. Um, it actually worked surprisingly well, um, and didn't feel odd and rushed compared to I think. Well, Moles at Gundam didn't feel rushed. Uh, but it definitely didn't present the story events of the first 30 episodes of the TV series of Gundam particularly well. Uh, so yeah, I, and then I watched Megazone 2-3. Uh, I was going to say 23, but it's, it's pronounced 2-3, um, which was a, an 80s OVA series, I believe. Or was it movies? The designations always elude me. Um, OVA, yeah, OVA. Uh, from 95, 85 to 89. That was an interesting one. Um, so the first OVA was adapted from a 12-episode anime idea. It was meant to air as a series, um, but the the studio couldn't get like a, a a station or a producer or something or a licensor or something like that to, to like pick it up, so they couldn't produce the full thing. So they turned it into a, to an OVA. Um, which is interesting because I, even watching that first episode, which is like 50 minutes, I believe, um, it's uh, it, it still feels like it's more ambitious than a 12-episode series. Like, it, 24 even still feel Like, I feel like it would be a full 50, 52-episode mecha series. Because, um, yeah, it, it does feel way more ambitious than 12 episodes. Like, it struggled to, to do everything within the 50 minutes. And even then, it still feels like it would struggle to do everything within 12 episodes. So that was interesting. Um, episodes 2, 3, and... Well, nah, I was going to say 4. Technically, the last two episodes are, like, part of the third together. Um, so it's like you have Megazone 2, 3, Megazone 2, 3, Part 2, and Megazone 2, 3, Part 3, Episode 1, and Episode 2. Um, episode 2 is like pure just kind of action which it's very fun and enjoyable to watch and uh episode three uh, part three sorry jumps kind of into the future a little bit after they've returned to earth from the colony or colony ship or whatever it is um and kind of like deals with its own story and it's quite interesting because it does have more room to breathe because it takes place across like um i'm actually not sure because uh i think the last two episodes are longer anyway the first two are like 50 minutes and then i think it's like 70 per each episode of part three i could be wrong um but yeah so it's, it's got like much more room to breathe and does still tell its own kind of interesting story um detached from the main characters from uh the, the first two episodes uh though it does bring some of them back primarily eve and another character who i won't because that is massive spoilers um so yeah megazone 2 3 was interesting um i'm glad i watched it uh it did kind of present me the issue that i have with anime i go 
Blu-rays uh, and their subtitling. I, I won't get into that, though. Um, I'd, I'd watch more because, um, you know, it's one of those things where it is a bit of a jarring thing when you first start watching it, but I got used to it after a while, so... Yeah, I could. I, I think they could do it better, but mm, yeah, I, I can put up with it. So I'll move on. Uh, I also watched Lupin the Third Part Four. Um, I watched this separate from. I watched this around the time that we watched Mystery of Mammal, uh, and that was yeah. I I really enjoyed that. Um, it was it was nice to watch Lupin in the the context of a TV series, because um, we've only really watched him within the context of movies for the podcast so far. And I've seen, I had seen obviously Kaguya show before we before we watched uh, watched it for the podcast, and I had seen the first, which we're going to tackle in a soon episode of the podcast. Like, like it'll be maybe two or three after this uh, episode that you you probably hear us talking about that. Um, so yeah, that was it was fun. It's more looping shenanigans, um, and I can't really say too much about it. Um, the animation was really nice, uh, especially seeing like Lupin in HD, because um, I I had seen Women Call Fujiko Mine, but that's like a very different aesthetic and, and stylistic uh, beast than any other Lupin I had seen before, um, and so most of the stuff I'd seen outside of the first, which is obviously 3D CG, um, is primarily from its kind of earlier years uh, when it was, you know, cell animation, which, you know, as presented in HD now because of, you know, modern technology and stuff like that. Um, but it was nice to see, like, a, a HD production of, of Lupin and, like, with its own art style and stuff like that. And it was, yeah, all the character designs were really nice, uh, especially, is it Rebecca that's his wife in, in season four? Um, in part four, sorry. Uh, yeah, very fun. I'm sure we'll tackle it in depth in, in the podcast at some point. Um, but yeah, uh, this, this was actually what cemented me with like tackling the, the series with the dub. Um, cause I was watching part four and the build up to us, uh, tackling secret, uh, mystery of Mammo, um, or like before we had decided what we were, we were going to be tackling in that episode of the podcast because, uh, so a little peek behind the curtain. We tackled Cagliostro in the first episode, which is like the pilot, because we hadn't cemented the format yet. We cemented the format going into episode two, um, and so we knew we were going to tackle uh, Secret of Ma- uh, Mystery of Mammal. Sorry, it- <laughs> I keep referring to it as Secret of Mammal, mainly because that was the title at one point, and I have my anime list r- like right in front of me, and that's for some reason the the title on there, even though it's more commonly referred to as Mystery of Mammal. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, but there was like a big gap of time between the first episode and the second episode uh and and production time uh but obviously when they came out there was like the proper amount of time went past because we knew what schedule we were we were wanting to have uh and that was like a two-week break in between each episode Uh, not a two-week break sorry but we're going to be a fortnightly podcast so we'd have one friday uh being anime lane we'd have one friday being nap when then anime lane then nap and so on and so forth um and so I picked up uh, Lupin the Third Part Four because I I had the dub Blu-ray and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give this a watch. I've I've been hankering for more Lupin before uh, we got to Mystery of Mammal, mainly because I don't think Mystery of Mammal had arrived yet because um, the I had the movie on pre-order and then you know eventually arrived and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and so watching this cemented me that if we are watching Lupin and it has this dub cast, uh, Tony Oliver, um, Monica Ryle, uh, Richard Epcar, uh, Doug Holtz, and I forget who voices Zenigata. Not Zenigata, sorry, that's Doug Holtz. Um, Goemon, I forget who, who voices him. Uh, I apologize. Um, but if it had that voice cast, we'd be watching it. And uh, other than Doug Eric Holtz, uh, Mystery of Mammal does have that voice cast. Um, so we watch that dubbed, and we're pretty much going to watch it dubbed going forward, unless it's like the Funimation dub cast, which is uh, n- no offense to those guys. I'm sure they did great work. I know that Monica Ryle comes back as uh, as uh, Fujiko. Um, but I, I'm there's too many people who I recognize from Dragon Ball in there. Uh, primarily Sonny Strait playing uh, Lupin himself. I, I can't hear his voice and not hear Krillin. 
Um, so yeah, we'll we'll watch that in Japanese mainly because I do want an excuse to watch the Japanese cast every now and then because I have watched well, I watched um Fujiko one called Fujiko Mini and uh in Japanese because that's kind of my default uh when I come to watch an anime. So yeah, yeah. Going forward that's yeah. So we'll be watching the first dubbed, which is nice because I watched that in in uh in Japanese the first time round. Um, and I've just realized I haven't actually scored um, Lutum the third part four on, on my anime list yet. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and give that, a, yeah, an 8 out of 10, um, I think, for, and a 7 out of 10 for the kind of two bonus episodes. Um, yeah, some episodes were, were, you know, not as good as the rest, and it kind of dipped a little bit here and there, but yeah, n not bad. Uh, then I, I, let me check, where am I sitting at recording time? Damn, I'm doing well so far. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit longer and then I'll wrap it up here for the day. So, yeah, um, Knights of Sidonia, Love Oven and the Stars. Yeah, the conclusion of the Knights of Sidonia anime project. That was interesting, um, mainly because I didn't realize it had released in the UK. <laughs> um, because I think I had checked when they had announced, sort of announced it the announcements got a bit weird when Funimation became Crunchyroll for a bit um and so I thought it was coming out in September which you know we're still a month away from as I'm recording this uh but apparently it came out in May uh and I just happened to be in HMV which if you're you're in the UK you'll know is like a a music and movie pop culture store as well because they do a lot of like merchandise now as well as like cds and vinyls and, and blu-rays and dvds and 4ks and all that sort of stuff um and i just happen to be in there looking at the anime section and like i very rarely ever buy anything when i'm in there because there's very rarely ever actually any good sales on at least now since the pandemic um that's kind of forced everyone to not be as good with with uh their their deals and stuff like that i'm gonna take a quick drink because i haven't in a while um, and so yeah, I just happened to be in there, kind of combing through the anime section as I as I usually do, and I came across Love Woven in the Stars, and I was like, oh shit, I didn't realize that was out, so I bought it, um, and then and then like I I watched it, and like at first I didn't realize going into it that it was the like conclusion to the the anime project. I thought it was a spin-off movie. That was what. Because when I looked into it, the information is actually kind of confusing. It does mention that the film is, is based on a story from Sutomu Nihei, which is the original manga artist, uh, author, I should say, because he does the art and the story. Um, but it didn't mention like that it was adapting the final story arc, which it is. Which is, as soon as I started watching it, I realised was the final story arc. Because in between this and the last season coming out, I've read pretty much all of Tsutomu Nihei's manga. Um, because Knights of Sidonia was my introduction to him back when it came out on Netflix in 2014. Um, and so I watched that. Uh, not long after it, the second season came out in 2015. I watched that. Uh, I think then Blam came out, but I didn't watch that until a while later. Um, and but like after watching Knights of Sidonia and it not finishing the story and knowing that the manga was kind of finished at that point or maybe it finished like a year or so after that um, I was like yeah I, I need to read this and so I kind of went through a phase of just reading through all of Sutomu, uh, all of Nihei's mangas um, I did start with, with Blam uh, I then read Noise which is like um it takes... Is it a prequel? I can't remember. I haven't revisited Noise, actually. I have reread Blam. Um, a couple of times. I don't remember if Noise is a prequel, though. And then you have Biomega, Bio which I know as a prequel. You have Abara and Knights of Sidonia. Um, the only one I haven't read from him... I'm sure there's probably something I've missed in that list. Um, the only manga I know I haven't read from him so far is the one that we, was currently in publication, which was... Um, Apo Sims, I think is the English title. I know in Japanese it's called Country of Dolls. Because um, it's like a... Ningen no Kuni or something like that. Um, 
and then his new one, which is Kunaya and the Snow something. Snow Witch? Something like that. Um, but anyway, back to, back to Knights of Sidonia. Um, so obviously I, I had read Knights of Sidonia in full to the end from the from the beginning of the manga to the end of the manga. Um, and so I sat down to watch this and the opening starts and I'm like, this feels familiar. And then it kind of progressed into it a little bit and I'm like, oh shit, yeah, th this is the final story arc. And then like going into some forums, forums online, it is, it was, it was like the adaption of the final story arc of the manga and that totally caught me off guard. Um, so I'm a little disappointed that there wasn't a massive amount of fanfare in the West about the end of Knights of Sidonia as an anime because I, I really enjoyed it as a series both in anime and in, in, uh, and in the manga. Because um, Knights of Sidonia is like a Polygon's first full production as a studio in terms of like their own anime production. They've, they've assisted before and other stuff and done commercials and stuff because they were primarily a 3D CG studio. And Knights of Sidonia was their first full production, and it was their first full CG production of a of a TV show. And yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I've enjoyed watching um, Polygon kind of evolve over the years and improve. Um, Godzilla trilogy aside, <laughs> uh, which is mainly just a narrative thing I have with it. Like the film looks fine, if anything, just a bit bland because the color palette is very grey. Um, but yeah, I was a little disappointed that Knights of Sidonia just kind of farted out into the, the UK market and there was no real fanfare around it. It was a very good movie as well. Maybe not as good as the um as the as like the two seasons. I think I think the final arc could have benefited from being like longer than a movie, but you know, that's besides the point. You know, it, it was enjoyable. I enjoyed seeing the end. Um but I feel like a lot of people aren't going to know that it is the end and many people either skip it or won't know it's available in the UK. Or, you know, because we only got season one and Blurry over here in the UK may not pick it up because they they don't have season two if they, if they aren't importing stuff from America like I am because that's, that's currently how my, connect, my collection for it sits. I have season one from Animatsu here in the UK for their kind of collector's edition. Um, and I have the standard Blu-ray for uh, from Sentai before they lost uh, the home video rights and it, it went to Funimation um, from the US. And then obviously Crunchyroll. I don't know whose who's logo is on it. It could be a Funimation one actually. Um, Blu-ray for Knights of Sidonia. Love Woven in the Stars. Yeah, a lot of series end up like that, actually, being a, an absolute disastrous mess over here. Uh, Dan Machi being one of them. Uh, season 1 was released by Animatsu in their kind of collector's limited edition double Blu-ray DVD format thing, um, which I have. Uh, then the first season over, which is, uh, is it wrong to find a hot springs? Is it wrong to expect a hot springs in the dungeon? Something like that. Um didn't release over here, so I, I have that from Sentai uh, over in the, from the US. Uh, then you had the movie uh, Arrow of the Orion, which was released by Manga at the time, who became Funimation, who then become Crunch, who became Crunchyroll, because it's, it's a total mess. Um, and then uh, Sword Oritar Oritario um, is, uh, was MVM and then for season two, it was MVM that picked them up and they released the OVAs for each season along with each season and the box set, thankfully, um, which reminds me, I still need to pre-order season three, three's collector's edition, because um, I have the I've all of MVM's collector's editions of it. Um, so yeah, I think with that, I'm going to draw it to a close because if I go any further back, I'm actually going to get into my mad dash through what came out between 2020 and 2021, and that is a whole other episode that I could discuss um, those and my thoughts on those. So yeah, um, 
I've had a good recording time. So hopefully this has been an entertaining episode to listen to. Um, I thought I'd experiment and see if I could, you know, handle doing this on my own because scheduling can get funny sometimes. And uh, I don't want to just like have to like say, oh, there won't be an episode this week or like shuffle nap around to fill in a gap or something like that. Um, so yeah, I think next time, uh, if I do this again, which I probably will. I, I kind of enjoyed this this format. It's nice to just kind of talk about anime on my own. <laughs> um, and a microphone so I'm not as crazy. Um, it helps me get my thoughts and stuff out and stuff. Uh, so yeah, if I do this again, I think primarily I might focus on my reading list rather than my watch list uh, in terms of like what I've been reading and, and what I've like read uh, over the years or, or recently. I haven't done as much reading recently, sadly. Um, I need to get back to that. Um, I need to get back to reading Evangelion Anima because that was very enjoyable. But anyway, I'm I'm, I'm rambling here. Um, yeah, so hopefully this will be entertaining to listen to. Um, if you did enjoy this, uh, feel free to tweet us at AnimeLaneCast on Twitter, which you can go follow. Link is in the description of the episode. Or you can follow me on Twitter um, and tweet me there, Rebel under Dash Notorious. And uh, yeah, I think that's kind of it for the episode. Like I said, if I do this again, um, which I might do, because I, I, of scheduling and stuff with uh, mainly with like Kelsey and stuff like that, um, we have a kind of consistent thing going on with me, Melina, and Sean, mainly because we record for Nat like at least once a month um, and get episodes out, and we always do an anime lane whenever we're doing a recording session. That means we at least have one episode a month for anime lane. Um, and so I think uh going forward just if there's like scheduling things with kelsey um i will record like solo episodes here and there uh so you'll probably be hearing me on my own more often um and i hope that this is entertaining this is my first time doing it so hopefully i'll improve as i go along um because i know that between the pilot and the the main episodes and as episodes have gone on we've kind of improved um our presentation skills and our, our, our hosting skills um, as the podcast podcast has gone on. So before I ramble for the next six minutes to take us over an hour long, um, yeah, thank you for listening. Um, like I said, you'll probably be hearing me like this in the future. Next time I'll either go through my, my mad dash attempt to watch a bunch of stuff that came out between 2020 and 2021. Um, I want to catch up on like Jujutsu Kaisen, Rent a Girlfriend. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, Rent a Girlfriend, Jujutsu Kaisen, Uzaki Chan, Mushoku Tensei, One Direct Priority. So, yeah. Um, and then I'll go through my reading list at some point as well. Because uh, I, I have thoughts. And uh, the reading one will be interesting because um, I don't really have anyone to go over with. Um, like, that doesn't fit either, you know, dynamic. Um, mainly because asking people to read books is like a, is a whole other thing. Um, and reading like a full series is like a whole undertaking that I'm not going to subject Sean and Melina or Kelsey to. So I have my thoughts on some books that I want to discuss, mainly your Forma, um, because the first volume of that came out like a couple of months ago, and I was wanting to record an episode at the time when I read it. Um, but then the, the, the second volume's due out, I think, next month, maybe in October, I could be wrong. Or maybe it's November. I have stuff coming out in September, I have stuff coming out uh in august i have stuff coming out in november um it's a whole mess um but yeah so i'll probably do a like a reading episode where i go over like sword art online your forma uh even anima 86 because i really want to talk about 86 um but yeah anyway uh again i'm rambling um so yeah there's there's probably more to come from from me on my own as i, I kind of tackle things that don't really fit any other the either other dynamic um so yeah, thanks for listening and I'll uh, we'll, hopefully you'll tune in for the next one. Bye.